Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's number one sports podcast network. Did you forget that was you, Wade? No, I remembered. Okay. I haven't been, you haven't had me on in a while. You haven't invited me. It's been, what, two weeks? Yeah, I feel kind of left out. Has it been two weeks? What was the one we did before the most recent one? The most recent one I just had a guest on, uh, Eric Cross from Fantrax. What was the one before that? It was you, you and Tommy, wasn't it? I don't know. I stopped telling time. What year is it? <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, there's still no baseball, so we're going to talk about that. MLB is inching towards a plan for 2020. And by inching, I mean, it feels like every week they come up with a, a plan for reopening baseball and then it gets eaten alive on social media. And then there's no plan for baseball. Um, the public health crisis kind of takes priority. So whatever goes on with that ends up influencing the baseball season. But anyway, we're going to talk about the new thing that they threw out that's probably not going to stick. Um, the union and the owners are not agreeing on something. Shocking. But the preliminary ideas are pretty interesting. Also, the MLB draft. Uh, this looks like it's going to be for sure. The draft usually takes place early June. And there, I mean, the NFL draft just happened without much problems. I mean, they did all virtual draft and it was pretty, I think, widely considered a huge success. So I don't know why MLB can't do the same thing. But they're just going to do five rounds instead of the usual um, whatever it is. What, how many rounds is the MLB draft now? Do you even know? 42. Four, did you make that number up or is that just? I'm almost positive. You want me to Google it? No, it's fine. I just assumed you were going to pull a number out of your ass because that's what you do. If I did that, it would have been 69 and you know that. Oh, that's right. Damn it. 42, though, sounds, you know, in the neighborhood. It used to be much. 40. Ah, 40. It used to be a lot more because I, I only remember that because Mike Piazza was famously selected in, I think, around 61 or 62 or 63. And since then, they've shortened it to, I think, 40. And every time they shorten it, you know, people are going to complain. So that's what they're doing right now. They're going to complain about the draft being too short. And we're, Wade and I are going to embrace debate, see what that really means for MLB, what it means for the players. And a lot of people are making a lot of assumptions about it and what that means. But we're going to get we're going to Wade's take on it. And that's probably going to be the take that is the most important is, is Wade's take. And it's then true, finally, we're going to finish up with prospect of the year, our our series that I skipped last week, um, mainly because we had a guest, but also because I forgot. But prospect of the year, 1991. We're up. Uh, rough, it's our rough year for the Padres. 1991. Yeah. Weren't all the years rough between 85 and 97? And yeah, then again from 90- in the uh, prospect world. <laughs> and then again from 99 to 2020. It's just been rough. <laughs> It's been rough since 1969. <laughs> yep. Nice. So uh, it's also, I mean, 91, other than being rough for the Padres, doesn't really stand out to me as significant for anything. Did anything interesting happen in 1991 at all? Personally, for me, I was four years old. Uh, nothing was going on in San Diego other than the Padres and Chargers were losing. Um, I can't think of anything of note. Uh, I guess Jordan, since we're watching The Last Dance, Jordan... In 91 was uh, winning his first title. Was it 91? I believe so. 
The last dance confuses me with how back and forth they're going between the time timelines. Do you want to jump into that right now? Let's just start with last dance because <laughs> I've been watching, I watched it yesterday and I'm, I'm, I might be alone on here. I, I'm not that enthralled with it. It's not that good. Thank you. It's not that good. Everyone's like trying to shoot me for saying it's not that good. I, I'm not going to say it's bad. I think it's entertaining and it's been a huge life preserver in this time of no sports. And I'm, I'm enjoying watching it, I guess. I just, I wanted more. And the, the time jumping back and it's, you're all over the place every episode, which bugs me. And it's very, has very little to do with the actual last dance, which is the 98 season. And it's a lot, it's mostly stuff that we've already knew. And Jordan had final cut, final say in anything. So like, we didn't learn anything. The whole, I mean, there was nothing going into his dad's death. There was nothing going into like him crying, like he got to he got to prove everything. So no, there's nothing juicy coming out of it. Uh, I I like hearing just a little. Uh, I've been I've gotten snippets of stuff that I really liked. So him laughing hysterically at Gary Payton, um, it was was pretty funny. I liked that. And then the him he and Steve Kerr, uh, kind of retelling their versions of the fight in practice. I, I needed more of that. Like I was I was craving that information. And I just got like one bite of it and they put the rest in the refrigerator. So like, I'm not, I'm not getting the stuff that I really want. And it's 10 hours long or 10 episodes. Why aren't we getting more of that behind the scenes stuff? Yeah. I they mean, did. I would have loved to see the fight. Oh, if they, had, if they had footage of that, can you imagine? Um, I really like, I didn't know about the space jam practices, those famous. So that was pretty cool. Again, really short segment though. I wanted more of that would have been fun. And like uh, the timelines, they, they go from one series in 1993 and then we skip forward to the series in 1990. I'm like, who are they playing? What is this? The semifinals? They're playing the, the Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals one minute. Yeah, and the next they minute they're done, done like one per year, like done 10 episodes, like 1990s, one episode, 91s, one episode that not not this like going back to 98 every year. It's very confusing. I well. It's it's not super confusing in that it happened a while ago and we all kind of remember what we're barely old enough to kind of remember how it happened. We all know what happened. So that's kind of one reason why they're allowed to get away with this, the time skipping. But for a, like a casual person, sports fan who maybe doesn't love the NBA and doesn't know all the stuff that happened with Jordan and the Bulls, it'd be confusing as hell. Like, are you if you're yeah, are you watching with Lauren born after 95 has no idea what's going on? No, definitely. hundred percent. No. Um, so I'm good. I'm glad we got to vent about the last dance a little bit. It's fine, but let's not pretend I'm hearing on ESPN. They're all slurping it and like, Oh, it's the best thing ESPN's ever made. The best thing Disney's ever made. Get, get out of here. It's not, it's, it's There's way better 30 for thirties than this. I watched the 30 for 30 a few weeks ago. Um, well, I guess maybe before the pandemic. So a couple months ago about, it was called, I think Jordan rides the bus. It was all about Jordan going to the White Sox. I feel like they just reused the exact same episode for one of these last dance episodes. I was totally cheated. Yeah. It's identical. So I, I didn't appreciate that. And I didn't learn anything new from that. It was, it was I mean, if there was no strike, you think Jordan makes the MLB? Um, I mean, that's what they said. So there's, he, there's absolutely no way. I think there's a chance. Yeah, I think there's a chance because just because of his name, if he's playing okay double A, which by the end of his last season there, he was playing. Okay. He was hitting 200. He started off really terribly and he was in a big hole that first season. And then he went to the Arizona Fall League 
in, in held his own at the Arizona Fall League. And I know they don't send their best pitchers. And I don't know what the talent was like back in 94. Um, but like generally the best prospects go to the, the Arizona Fall League. And he was playing okay. So you want to know point, a cool little uh, tidbit about that Bulls team? The Bulls you know team? The guy who he, you know the guy who he kept calling like bitch-ass hoe? Oh, um, Scott Burrell. He was a uh, number one first round draft pick in baseball. Uh, the guy from UConn, right? Yeah. First round pick in baseball, and he went to go be the bitch on the the Bulls team. Yeah. What? When was he picked in the NBA draft? Uh, I'm gonna have to Google him. Okay. Well, you can look that up. But Burrell, uh, that was interesting because I didn't really know anything about Scott Burrell until this show and they were teasing him him and jordan were good friends like apparently and just he's the nicest guy in the world so as much as jordan was trying to get under his skin the whole time burrell wasn't gonna he wasn't steve kerr he wasn't gonna hit jordan or he wasn't rodman or he wasn't uh there's some good stories about um robert parish on those late bulls teams and then um what's his they're the big center uh that they got from the knicks i'm blanking on his name right now but those guys were the guys that wouldn't take shit from jordan he was drafted 20th overall in the NBA draft. Ooh. He's one of those guys that's, it sounds like you're too good at both sports, but not elite at one of them. Like the Drew Henson, or I guess John Elway was the example where he was elite at both. Um, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, yeah. Those are uh, Bo, Bo Jackson. Um, there's a few, I guess, but. A lot of these guys like Drew Henson or something, they're they're top picks in both, but they they aren't good enough to quite be a, uh, a major leaguer at both levels, you know? Yeah. Would have loved to see Kyler Murray play baseball though. That's a much tougher road. Didn't we talk did we talk about this on the podcast or was this predate you? Probably pre me. Yeah. Well, we used to debate like what he should do. And I was like, Yeah, the road through baseball's really it's if you can make it like Jeff Samarja or something, it's that's great. And you get more security and you get a longer career and you're healthier. But if he's going to be a top five pick and be a quarterback, Justin Marge is a receiver and there are other guys, not many quarterbacks do this. It's way safer to do, to do the NFL route because you go to the league right away and you get that big contract right away. Baseball, yeah, he's going to the endorsement deals on being a quarterback. For yeah, sure. he, get, he gets the money, the signing bonus from the A's um, that first year, but then he's stuck in the minors and he could be gone in three or four years. Yeah, so, he made the right move. Anyway, what we're doing on today's show, we we're, I teased all the stuff that we were doing. It's uh, baseball starting up again. The draft is shortened. Prospect of the year, Wade. Let's do the bet online ad. While you were waiting this ad at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. With no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on, but Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. Big blackjack guy. But Are you? I'm good at are... losing at blackjack. Oh, I've been winning. Uh, I actually signed Lauren up for an account. <laughs> Just to get but that. Sports aren't totally done. They're still. Get that bonus. Esports, American Idol, Big Brother, The Elections. There's $750,000 poker series. KBO, Wade. And KBO, which I've lost every bet on. You got to ask me more. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use promo code MYPOD100. 
Bet online, your online wagering experts. I would just bet every game that Dan Straley starts for the Lotte Giants. Dan Straley looks unhittable right now in Korean baseball. I'm over betting Korean baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check in with you next time Dan Straley is pitching and try to get uh, you Maybe in. I'll bet on it. <laughs> so baseball released this new plan to, to start around July 4th. That'd be really cool to start on July 4th. Be so up. American. Oh my God. Uh, do you hear they're canceling fireworks all across the country? Everywhere? I just heard, I don't know if it's for sure every place yet, but I hear that the, the big events are being canceled. Yeah. That's like, can you I mean, San Diego, the, the Bay fireworks show where it, that happens in like five different locations across the Bay and people kind of congregate downtown um, or PB or, you know, Mission Bay. That's not. There's no way that happens. True, but I don't know. You'd think people would like just be able to go like in their front yard and watch. I don't know. Yeah. Not, do a lot of people have a view of fireworks from their front yard? I'm guessing not many do. True, or like stay in your car. Everyone has to be in your car to watch. I don't know. Ugh, parking. Be a mess. Just uh, have I don't to off the five freeway. Everyone just park on the five. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Just everyone parks on the freeway. I'm in. So the players union and the owners not, not getting along, but the plan for a July 4th start, July 4th ish start adding universal designated hitter, which this is probably the, the straw that breaks the designated hitters back. If that makes sense. I think once it's in good luck getting rid of it, because the product's going to be so much better. I'm team DH now. I growing up, I was always, let the pitchers hit, more strategy, moves things around, double switches. We're National League guys here, so I was pro. Yeah, I'm pro DH and let him do roids again. I've come around. It's I don't know about roids, but I've totally come around. I don't need to see pitchers hit. The game is boring enough and slow enough. We don't need pitchers clogging things up anymore. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about an 82-game season and expanding the playoffs from 10 teams to 14. So using stadiums that have local and state government approval. Thank you, Arizona, who came out today and said that games can happen in Arizona. Shocking. This week on Friday. Shocking that the game, that Arizona, <laughs> Arizona has been out front um, leading the charge of we don't give a shit. Since they haven't closed anything. Everything's still open there. People in Arizona are probably like, there's a pandemic happening. What are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, they have no idea. So there, any state or city that opens up their I guess not their borders but opens up um you know businesses and opens up travel and uh they're going to be able to host games I mean I, I, with how many teams there are in California like California is going to be the last state to open up no teams are going to be able to play in California Newsom's been pretty safe about everything going forward baseball is not a priority for him and I don't blame him like his priority as a governor is public safety not can we have a baseball game so I don't really blame him. And then they also mentioned that uh, the the team roster size will expand to 30 with potential, you know, um, taxi squad players going all the way up to 50. So not available for every game, but guys that you can kind of sub in and sub out. And that's that's what we've wanted in September baseball for a long time. So once this happens, if it happens, that is with this season, I can see that being implemented long term along with a universal DH. 
But then I love, there's no minor league, right? Like if this happens, there's no minor leagues, right? No, it looks like all the minor league seasons are going to be canceled. Yeah. So where do those 20 guys hang out? They get to travel with the team or what? Well, I would, I would assume maybe you go to the spring training complex and they just do stuff there. And then so, like put you on flights and stuff. Yeah. They put you on, well, they have a 30 man team that goes from game to game and who knows where the games are all going to be played. If it's all a central central ish location, maybe there's like five or six stadiums that are hosting or maybe 10. Anyway, travel is not going to be as bad as it used to be. Yeah. So, I mean like every California team is probably just going to play at a spring training place in Arizona. I don't know, man. Like Southern California, I, I the way things are going right now, it doesn't look like things are opening up quickly, but they are opening up. And I don't if in by July, I would have to imagine. I mean, San Diego is L.A. just put a three month ban or a three month extension on. But can't you see them just hosting games without fans, kind of like Korea's doing? I don't know. That's I imagine they just do that for the whole season. They do eighty two game season. They start in July. And they have no fans, obviously. But the problem here is they're they're talking about stuff like revenue sharing. And Tony Clark, the president of the PA, is mad about this perceived threat of a salary cap. Like, get your what are the priorities here? Where you guys are talking about um, how the revenue of these games is going to be split up? Like, yeah, that's an important issue for you guys. You're the players; you get paid. And revenue sharing is a thing, but the split. I don't know why they're arguing back and forth about this being a, a perceived salary cap and the salary cap in baseball hurts the players. Um, the, th- the thing is public safety, I think needs to be more prioritized here because if what happened, I, I get you test all the players and you have them quarantined and stuff, but none of this is perfect. What if a guy, what if a game is about to start in an hour beforehand, a guy tests positive for one of the teams? Like what the hell do you do then? Yeah, I mean, that guy's got to sit out for two weeks, but you, he's been in contact with like the rest of the team. Yeah, maybe those guys are all infected and they, they won't register a positive test yet. So then they're just potentially I mean, spreading it among the their KBO whole clubhouse. About it? What's that? What's the KBO doing about it? I don't know. <laughs> I think they're just – I would just close my eyes and not – like just quarantine all the guys and – you, t- so you they test like, them and if someone they gets- can't see their families or their kids or anything just for the whole 82 games, it's really not that long. 82 games. We're talking a few months here. Big deal. You don't get to see your family. <laughs> the players association is never going to go for that. Am I on the wrong side of that argument? I think so. <laughs> but really, like, what if you had to go do a job that made you five million dollars and you had to be like, hey, Lauren, I've got to leave for three months. Um, we can Skype every day if you want to. I'll, but and when I get home in three months, I'll have five million dollars. Yeah, but you don't have. I don't have kids. Like you've got kids at home. You're just gonna leave Hire them. Hire a fucking nanny. Like I, it doesn't. It's not <laughs> even a full season. It's 82 games. Guys in the military do this all the time. Like it's all. It's a few months. I don't think it's that big a deal. Like no, it's not fun and it's it's inconvenient. But like this is the the world we're gonna live in for this season. Like I would say, just deal with it. The bigger issue is what if you test positive. And I guess if someone tests positive, you throw them into quarantine for a couple of weeks and I would just try to keep playing. But the, the rules on this are going to be written by the leagues and the, the governors, I guess, and the, the local governments and maybe, I guess, the federal government. What do they do if there's a positive test? They have, I don't think they have any idea right now. And that's what they all need. To, they need to figure all that stuff out before they start playing. 
And I assume they have been talking about it. You'd be crazy not to. And I guess we haven't heard what the plan is yet, but that's the kind of stuff I want to hear about all the contingency plans. What if things start to go horribly with the public health stuff? What if there's a second wave of this? Um, instead of, instead of deciding what the revenue split is of the season, we might even have a fucking season. So let's, let's put the revenue sharing on hold until we can figure out what to do with the rest of the season. Yeah. The rest of the stuff though, 82 game season, fucking love it. More playoff teams. Fine. I I think 10's already kind of a lot, but I don't want to turn this into the NBA where there's half the teams are making it. So 14 for one year is fine, I guess, but short season, love it. Expanded rosters with taxi squads, love it. Um, Universal DH, love it. I think all these things can be implemented long term, or uh, not the playoff stuff in the in the eighty two games. But I would love a shorter baseball season, and there's no way they ever do it long term. But I I would love like just give me a hundred game season. I, I don't I don't care about the records anymore. The steroid era came and went. The records are all a mess anyway. Now we're counting stuff like war and thing like you can you can average these things across right but there's just too much money for the owners to be made with having that many games their owners are never gonna vote to lose games that's like the nba sacrificing playoff games like nobody wants to see a one versus eight seed matchup that goes seven games but they're just not going to give up the games right this year they might but not next year they want the tv money even if the tv product is terrible they don't give they just want the money right so they'll it'll never happen but i in a, in a perfect world, I would like a hundred games with a late, a later start, maybe an earlier finish and more off days in between. And you just do a, a lean and mean 100 games, but that's me wishful thinking. What'd you think about the draft going to five rounds? Because the hot takes going around Twitter were, I think everybody's on the same page here, probably except for me and maybe for you, but they're all seemingly on the side that so many players are going to miss an opportunity to get drafted now. We're, all these great, like all these great players that have been drafted after the fifth round are coming out. Um, it hurts the major league product because we're not giving as many players an opportunity. Well, Major League Baseball is already talking about cutting minor league teams. You know, they were going to go. F- they're going to cut how many? Wa- how many was it? Minor league teams like forty. They're going to cut Something a ton. Like that, yeah. Um, and now this year they're shortening the draft. I don't think this, I don't think shortening the draft means as much as people think it does. Yeah. I don't have guy, a problem with it at all. Yeah. Like who cares? You and I talked about cutting the minor league teams down. This only hurts the really low level guys. Like I right. don't, I don't mean to sound like a dick again. And I guess I'm sounding like a dick a lot today, but the guys that have no chance of ever making the majors and that are hanging on to the low levels of the minors or the guys that were drafted super late, the odd, overwhelming odds are you're never going to make it. So um, you played college ball. Great. Maybe you're trying to come over from the Dominican or something. That's great. But the, the guys that are getting cut from these low A rookie ball teams, like I don't feel that bad. Like this happens to everybody. So few ever make it. Even the really good ones don't make it. So the fact that we're losing out on the guys that you've never heard of, uh, maybe not getting drafted. If you're good enough, to, to make major, you. I mean, that if, happens in every other sport. Why does baseball have to be different? If you're good enough, they exactly they will find you. You will you will make your way through the the international league, or you'll get picked up as a free agent, or you'll go play in China or or um, the Chinese professional baseball league that's actually in Taiwan, Korea. 
you'll find a place or Japan, you'll get seen and they'll find you. The scouts are everywhere. It's 2020. So the fact that uh, a lot of these guys won't get drafted, I don't care that much because the best ones will still make it. And yeah, the guys that aren't that good won't make it, but then why do we care if they're making the, the baseball major league baseball already has way more um, lower level guys that aren't in their, the top league than any other sport. The NBA has the G league, which is really small. And the NFL has nothing. Hockey has minor league, like one minor league team. I think baseball has a ton that is saturated with low level talent. I don't know why we need that much. We don't. So you're on my team here that the draft being five rounds, it's just this year too. like go go enter the draft again next year. Right. Like go to college, go play JC one year, like then enter the draft next year when it's fully back. Like the whole season might be lost. Like who cares about the draft being one less this year or being less this year? I'm glad glad we're on the same page there. I mean, what sucks is if these kids like say juniors in college are like, oh, I'm going to leave. And then these freshmen are getting scholarships. These colleges aren't going to have enough scholarships and they're going to have to cut people that they told people they were going to have scholarships for. That's like the one thing that's going to affect. But, you know, I, I'd give it more to the junior who has to come back rather than some freshman coming up. And don't you think the NCAA is going to make the necessary arrangements this season to accommodate all those players that have nowhere to go? You would like to think so, but they're a terrible organization, so probably not. <laughs> probably one of the worst, uh, organi- <laughs> worst, most corrupt organizations since like the set bladder FIFA days. Yeah. I don't know who's worse NCAA or FIFA. That's a tough argument. I'd probably go NCAA just because somehow they got away with having a free workforce that makes them millions of dollars and they don't have to, they don't pay anything. Student athletes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Cartman. Uh, let's get to prospect of the year before we get out of here and oh, we'll do, we'll do Wade's film room after that too, for a few minutes, but prospect of the year, 1991. I never heard of half of these guys. And the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Not a great year for the Padres. As you mentioned, do you have any idea who prospect the, the number one ranked prospect for the Padres was in 1991 In 1990 it was Andy Benes. I would have had no clue, but then I read your notes, so I'm not going to spoil it. Well, it's going to you can spoil. It. We're talking about it right now, so it's not really a spoiler. So it is Rafael Valdez. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest, I pre like 1995, I don't, or maybe like 1993, 94. I was I was a wee lad. I didn't know a lot about the Padres, and you, there's only so much you can go back and look at through through time. Um, but Rafael Valdez was a guy not on my radar at all. Never heard of this guy before. And I think for a pretty good reason. He didn't stay that long with the Padres. So outside of his minor league career, he just played the one season with the Padres. It was it, it equates to just a cup of coffee. And this was 1990. And that's the year before he became the number one prospect in the organization. Um, ranked as high as 36 by Baseball America in 1991. And ripped by Scott Boris. So I thought that was interesting. He is a 5'11", 165-pound Dominican Republic pitcher. Dominican Republican? Is that how they, I don't know. Dominican Republican pitcher. And he actually started off as a shortstop, 
converted to a pitcher in 88. He was signed in 85 as an amateur free agent, um, transitioned to pitcher later. Debuted in 1990 and only threw only five and two-thirds innings that year for the Padres. Gave up seven runs, four homers in five and two-thirds innings. That's hard to do. And three, he pitched yeah, in three games, thanks. three games and gave up four homers, uh, kind of the equivalent of a, the pitching version of Matt Antonelli, I guess. So he debuted against the Cincinnati Reds, 1990, April 18th, two and two thirds innings, six hits, two strikeouts, a walk, five earned runs and took the loss. He had some good years in the minors. He really did. The first, the first couple years in the minors was I could see why they would rank him so highly. So he had um, a couple years at age 20, 21, where he was uh, going around a ball, double a. And I think the high for him was 1989. He was in double a, he pitched 41 and two thirds innings and had a 194 ERA. So that's really sexy. Kind of walks a lot of guys over five that year. Um, didn't strike out many guys under six that year. So I think if you're analytics guys, you're kind of looking at these things, low strikeouts, high walks. Um, something's not right here. I wouldn't trust this guy. Maybe long-term something doesn't have a strike. He pitches to contact too much and is putting a lot of free guys on base. Um, ended up pitching just that one year with the Padres. Like I said, send him back down the following year, uh, pitched a couple years in the PCL, the, the Padres had a PCL affiliate at the time. And was just never really good again. So I'm not really sure what happened to him. Pitched sparingly both years uh, in Las Vegas. Went to the Northwest League. Went to uh, the Eastern League. Went to the Chinese Professional Baseball League in Taiwan. And then actually pitched all the way up until 2003, his age 35 season, in the uh, for the, uh, what are they called? The Northeast League Allentown Ambassadors. So he played with them for a few years at the end of his career. Some but, guys just never know when to hang it up. <laughs> you definitely did. <laughs> uh, his claim to fame, I think, if he if there's one bright spot in his career, which I think is a pretty significant bright spot for anyone. Uh, in 1989, he pitched a perfect game for the Riverside Red Wave. Double A ball. What so, a terrible name for a minor league team. The Riverside Red Wave? Yeah. What about the Charleston Rainbows? I like that. <laughs> The Riverside Red Wave. Yeah, I don't think they exist anymore. Yeah. We're in the era of the the names kind of being nonsensical and trying to be funny and sell shirts and hats, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Trash Pandas, Sod Poodles. Love the Trash Pandas and Sod Poodles. Those are 1A and 1B in the clubhouse for best team logos and team names. Yep. So that was Rafael Valdez, 1991. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope every uh, year gets a little better than Rafael Valdez. Well, we had Andy Benes last week, and we've got a, a familiar name for next week that we can go over. I think someone you'll like. Okay, good. But uh, hopefully, every year gets you know a little more relevant to someone that we were able to watch back true. here in the early '90s. We're we're not following prospects that much. Very true. At like five years old. <laughs> I wasn't taking notes on double A pitchers <laughs> and five uh, Wade's film room before we get out of here. What do you got for me? What did I watch the other day? I watched the scheme on HBO. Have you seen that? Uh, 
No, I'm, I'm a big HBO guy, as you know, but I don't know what the scheme is. It's a documentary about a guy that the FBI went after who they thought fixed the whole college basketball system on paying players and stuff, Ooh. or paying coaches and players. Okay. It's, uh, it's pretty good. I would recommend it. Um, it makes a couple of the coaches look pretty bad, but it seems like the FBI spent all this taxpayer money to really go after a nobody um, in the whole scheme of things. The fall guy, the typical fall guy. There's always one. Yeah, and it was like a low-level guy. I kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> he just gets destroyed and everyone else walks away from it. Exactly. Uh, speaking of that, have you been – you heard about uh, Zion Williamson's agent getting sued? You think that goes anywhere? I hope so because uh, she calls out Duke real hard. It, it's the worst-kept secret in sports. Like every college team <laughs> is paying their players. This is not news. We'll Just pretend it's news. Always de- Duke has always denied it. Love that. Well, yeah, Coach K is like the old grandfather that can do no wrong, but actually has a ton of skeletons in his closet, I'm sure. Exactly. Nice. He still has black hair at age 75 or whatever it is. I'm impressed. You mean the shoe polish that he puts <laughs> in his hair? <laughs> it's getting a little grayer every year. I start seeing, I'm seeing a little more gray. He's, he's doing, he's doing just for men now, probably. <laughs> Just like brush away a little gray every day. It, I mean, it could be a toupee. We don't even know. Potentially. He's got a, a go, I guess he's lightening up the toupee, I guess. Yeah. Listen. To make um, you think he still has hair. Exactly. So this is why in the notes I brought up. So I'll get into my film room. Why I mentioned Snowpiercer. They are pushing hard on TNT for this new Snowpiercer series. You never, I'm watching a commercial for it right now. You never saw the movie. I was surprised. No, what is it? That's with Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. It's a post-apocalyptic world where there's this everyone. The, the world is frozen over and everybody's dead except on this train that's kind of perpetually encircling the planet. It sounds really weird, and it's because it is if you've never heard of it. But the the train is crazy because there's people in first class that are you know really rich and have these great lives, and there's people in the tail section of the train that are living in squalor and eat like this weird bug paste is the only thing they get to eat. And they're crammed in these little quarters. Um, and then they, re- they eventually rebel because that's you have to, and they, there's a big fight and they have to make their way to the front of the train. The, the show looks like it's exactly the same as the movie. I don't know how they're going to make this a show. So it's like hunger games on a train. Yeah. Hunger, <laughs> hunger trains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, They've got the same, like shot for shot almost. It looks the same. They've got the rebellion where the guys are, the the poor people are like attacking the SWAT team in in one of the cars of the train. And then there's the scene where the guy's in prison and they stick his arm out the window as punishment and his arm freezes and they, they hit it off with a hammer. And so now he just has one arm. The movie was actually pretty fun and it's got a good cast. Chris Evans, Ed Harris, like there's, it's a good, it's a, it's a fun movie. So if you haven't seen that, maybe you should watch it. The show, I don't. I was all for it, and then the show just looks like it's going to be a shot-for-shot remake. Gotta love TV producers. Like, we got nothing. Let's just make a movie into a TV show. <laughs> Snowpiercer. Done. <laughs> Ten episodes. Um, I also watched, a couple nights ago, Robert the Bruce. Do you know you know who Robert the Bruce even is? No. Never heard he, of it. He was the guy who led the Scottish Rebellion against England. So, if you've watched Braveheart, Robert the Bruce is one of the main characters in Braveheart. Okay. No, that's not jogging your memory at all. No, 
he's the guy they want to make the king. So the movie's about William Wallace, but Robert the Bruce is the guy that betrayed him at the end of the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is about just him. And they actually got the same actor to play Robert the Bruce. So I was kind of excited about that. And the, the, the movie's about nothing. So Robert the Bruce is one, uh, spoiler alert, the movie's wandering, he's wandering around the, the countryside and his army's been defeated and he's, he tells all his men to go home. And then they, a couple of them turn on him to get this reward. And now he's on the run. He's a fugitive and Scotland's in chaos. And it, he just ends up hiding at this family's home for a while. And you know, the, the, I guess there's not too much to spoil here. Cause in the end, obviously he gets away and he unites Scotland and, but like I ex- expected more out of the movie. They got the same actor, which is really cool. So it's almost a continuation of Braveheart a little bit, but it, I wasn't that intrigued by the movie. Yeah, I got a 41 on Rotten Tomatoes. I think I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> they got, did you ever watch Shameless? Yeah, or like, not, I haven't finished it, but. Uh, they got Debbie. Remember Debbie, the, the red-haired girl? Yeah, I remember they, Debbie. They got her in this movie. So she plays a Scottish girl who's in love with another young boy. By the way, fuck Debbie on Shameless. I hate Debbie's character. She's the worst. But they bring her in for this, and she just has one of the all-time worst Scottish accents I've ever heard. It's terrible. <laughs> Luckily, they don't give her that many lines, but she is truly terrible. And since you're not going to watch it, she gets stabbed in the chest like six times and dies. So, Whoa, I, I spoiler. <laughs> you gave it a 41 on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think anybody's going to watch it, but she's a very small part of the movie. She ends up dying, so I don't think that matters. But uh, once again, fuck Debbie on Shameless. Anyone that watches Shameless knows what I'm talking about. She's the worst. You got anything else, Wade? No. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, going to get out of here and uh, eat my California burrito, you know? You're sitting on a Cali burrito right now? Yeah. It's cold? What are you doing? I put it in the oven, warmed it up. Okay. I'd rather eat that fresh or make your... Yeah, but you know, podcast has got a pod. Didn't mention that before we started. Anyway, follow the show's Twitter account, at Firefarmhands. If you enjoy the show... Even if you don't enjoy the show, subscribe. That's all we care about. Subscribe and leave a comment. Leave four stars because we don't want to, you know, be the, the the podcast that only has five star reviews. Mix in a four star in there. That's what I, I prefer that. More real. Follow the show's uh, Twitter account, Fire Farmhands. Subscribe on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms. You've been listening to Believe in Padres Prospects on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Ryan Hart, and that was Wade. We'll see you all again next week. trade JP in the four. He had 30 home runs and over 100 RBIs last year. He's got a rocket for an arm. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Well, you know, it was a good prospect, no question about it. But my baseball people love Ken Phelps bat. They kept saying, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. I'm not here, leave a message. Jerry, it's Frankenstein's and Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.